Well, today, like I told you, 500 uh, churches or so are praying for our city. And we thought as a church, we wanted to f- make that a focus for today. And, uh, and really have this kind of theme around, what is it, why pray for our city? Why would churches come around together and say, we want to stand together on this anniversary date of Montreal and pray for our city of Montreal? And uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to see this comedian during the Just for Last festivals, and he was, he was describing, he said, you know, I had some free time this afternoon, and I thought I'd check out your amazing city. So everybody's like, woo, yeah, we love Montreal. And then he said, and I got out of my hotel with my rental car, and I swear I could not go four blocks without hitting 17 pylons and detour signs. And he started talking about his, like, horror in traffic. He said, finally, like, 45 minutes later, I found myself kind of around that the Carry 720 interchange, and I thought, I got to get over three lanes, but there's these pylons, and he like swerved over, then a cop stops him, gives him a ticket, and he's just like, what's wrong with your city? (laughs) That's what he asked, like, what's wrong with your city? What's with all these things? And we're familiar with orange pylons, right? We see them all over the place, and um, some of us joke about it, and some of us curse about it, but we all get it, right? And there's so much that we can complain about our city, and yet there's so much that we love about our city. It's a love-hate relationship. On the love side, from a visitor, uh, this week on CJD, as they were highlighting uh, the lighting of the Jacques Cartier Bridge and people there for the day of that festival, um, they, they interviewed this lady, this professor from the University of Alabama, and she teaches French studies in Alabama. And they said, what are you doing here? How come you're here? And she said, oh, we've been studying and learning about this province and this city all year uh, at our university in, in, in our department. And uh, this is just such an amazing thing for us to be at. So she brought a whole bunch of her students from Alabama to Montreal. And their perception is like, this is great. I love this city. This is so cool. We love what's happening here. And I mean, here's two different reactions, right? The comedian with the pylons and this professor with just being ecstatic about it. When you think about it, I think that kind of describes us. We have a love-hate relationships sometimes with the things that go on in our city. But why bother loving a city? Not ignoring its problems. We're not talking about that. But why bother loving a city? And the simplest answer and theme for today is because God loves cities. God loves cities. You know, for us, people might think a city is just streets and parks and corners and addresses and high-rises and low rises and potholes. Some people think cities are just space that we occupy to live our lives and work and um, just go through our daily routine. But the scriptures, actually, if you, if you walk through the scriptures, you see this kind of theme throughout the scriptures that God cares about space so much that he makes, he longs for our space to feel like place. There's actually... The idea, a theology around God loving space and making it into something meaningful. Right from the early parts of the scriptures where, where we read the narrative of creation and we find this garden where humanity is meant to nurture and work in and develop and see flourish. One of the amazing skills listed in Genesis when it talks about one or two people says, this person went out and, and built cities. How did you build cities 5,000 years ago? I mean, but there were people with the dream and the vision implanted in the fact that they're image bearers of God, that they wanted to build cities, places where people would live. 
There's things like, obviously, in the Old Testament, the idea of the temple where it was a place where we gathered and met. Um, And then, of course, Jesus, right, moves into our world. He moves into a Palestinian city, moves into our neighborhood because God so loved the world that he gave his son that he would come and make his dwelling place, his tabernacle, his temple, his place among us. And more specifically, I really believe God cares about cities, the best and the worst cities. What's your, what's your favorite city in the world? Anybody have a favorite city? Are you just saying that, Nick, or is that true? Awesome, Montreal. I thought you were going to say like someplace in Greece or something, but okay, Montreal. Anybody else? London. Hong Kong? San Francisco. I like Chicago. I mean, not Chicago, Seattle. And New York, I kind of, that's, I do, but anyway, Seattle is probably one of my favorites. Okay, what's your, what's, what city is, do you like the least? What, what? Not all at once. I've, like, Houston? Okay. Any other least liked city? What? Callaway? Up, up there, north, that's a little city. There are some references to cities in the scripture. Here's one city that I think is, a, is an interesting one. It's an old city called Nineveh. And uh, there's this prophet Jonah. You probably have heard the story, right? Jonah and the whale. And uh, God sends Jonah to this city that he detests. He's reluctant to go to. He doesn't like the people. He's not interested in the mission. Uh, you know, he, he's not passionate about what's going on. And yet, here's... Here's God sending him to this specific city because God cares about this city. And as you read through this little short prophetic book in the Old Testament, Jonah struggling with himself, struggling with God, this, this call to this city, God says towards the end of this prophetic book in Jonah chapter 4 verse 11, he says such an amazing line. He says, and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? I mean, if we thought we had problems, Nineveh was a city that had almost all the worst human injustices kind of combined together. No sense of human rights, um, brutal treating of people, uh, horrible treatment of people who come in from other places. It was a scary place to go, and Jonah wasn't that excited about it. But God says to him, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? To God this city was a place to be loved. This city was a place to care for. And it gives us an insight into God's heart for cities. There's another um, city or place in the Old Testament as well called Babylon. And Babylon was also known as not a great place to go. In fact, when Israel was disobedient with God, God sends Israel or a remnant of them, he sends them over to Babylon in exile. It means like you guys are going to go there for a long period of time Undetermined. We'll see what happens. Maybe you'll come back. And they're out in this place where they don't want to be. They don't really care about. They don't know the people. The culture is brand new. Their, their sense of who they are, their values, uh, their culture, they, don't, they feel inhibited like they can't live that out. They can't express themselves. People wouldn't like them or embrace their own values, even their beliefs of who God is. But God sends them to this city, not of their choice, and even there, God didn't see it as a place to despise. I want, I want you to read what God tells them through Jeremiah, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. He says, 
this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. In other words, don't give up. Keep moving forward. And then verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Here's God sending Israel to a place where they didn't want to be. They felt they despised this place. They didn't know if they could really live there and flourish there. And they were in exile. Exile is not a great word. If you're in exile, it's not a positive word. It's a negative word. But they were in exile there. But God didn't see it as a place to despise. He says, live there, dwell there, inhabit that place, build houses, grow your families, get involved, flourish. In other words, he's saying, Make a home there. Turn this space into place and make it a home. That's God's desire there. And verse 7 is so key. Verse 7 is so key because verse 7, he says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I love that. Seek the peace and prosperity. That word seek is, means to work for doesn't mean to look for it, but to work for it, to seek it, to be active, to engage. And peace and prosperity are two words together that really mean welfare. Seek and work for the welfare of the city, the well-being of the city, the people, the institutions, the economy. You know, there's stuff people complain about in our city. I'm sure people complained about stuff in Babylon, and I'm sure the Israelites had much to complain about in Babylon, and we have stuff to complain about in our city. Every city has issues, right? Every city has problems. I'd be lying to you if I told you. I mean, I live in DDO. I like it, but it's not perfect. Uh, You live in parts of the city, and there's probably things you'd wish your municipal leader would do or your mayor would do or something's going on, and you're wondering what's happening. But here, I think the Scripture describes this gap, this gap between reality and God's vision, reality and God's desire, or what the city is and what the city could be. They could have seen it as a destitute place, And God says, no, build your life there. Build your home there and seek its well-being, its prosperity, its peace. And I have this sense that God's love for cities instilled in his people meant that the vision that God has can be lived out in the cities that we live in. And he invites us, God invites us to participate and to pray. We see it right in this text. He tells these Israelites, don't just go there and give up. Participate in city life. Build yourself a home. Build yourself a life. Build yourself a family. Build yourself a relational network and live there and love this place. When he says seek and work for, what's he saying? He's not just saying for you. He's saying seek the peace and prosperity of the city. He doesn't say build yourself a bubble around yourself so you can be peaceful and you can prosper. He doesn't say just build yourself a little garden and eat and forget about everybody else. It's actually an outward call. Seek the peace and prosperity of 
the city. And that word peace is things like reconciliation. Seek reconciliation where, where there's injustices, where there's brokenness. Seek healthy relationships where relationships are broken. Find a place where you can nurture and care for and bring love and, and kindness and joy. And then, then he says, seek prosperity. And I, I know that word prosperity can be weird to some people. It's like, oh, great. God's telling me, seek riches. <laughs> go and get wealthy. <laughs> go, and, go and become a millionaire in Babylon. But that's not what he's saying. He's, he's saying, seek, seek the welfare of that city. Seek, work for the flourishing of that place. Not just for you. Work for the flourishing of that place. Work so everybody grows. And everybody wins. And everybody can be at peace. That's that, this call to participate. In this, this flyer that, that we have on every seat today, it was produced by a great organization called Christian Direction. And, you know, even if you, even if you open it uh, into the, the glossy part, Christian Direction has developed key indicators of a transformed city. And when we think about the peace and prosperity of the city... We almost could look at these and say, oh, this is what it would look like to seek peace and prosperity, to be contributors and participate in the well-being of our city. Number one, an increasing number of churches actively involved in spiritual transformation. Number two, the people of God animated and passionate about spirituality and involved in concrete acts of reconciliation and justice for the welfare of the city. Three, leaders desire to see the people of God use their gifts Four, equality in economics, social policy, language, acquisition, possibilities, infrastructure, um, housing, public transportation, education. Number five, happy and well-developed children and youth living in peace with God and themselves and others. Number six, healthy adults, great marriages and vibrant families. Number seven, promoting integrity in the public sphere of Quebec society. Number eight, multiple institutions, institutional opportunities for the vulnerable to reconnect joyfully with a city that cares for everybody. Number nine, a city regions as places where violence is in decline. Number 10, a decline in physical, emotional, sexual abuse and negligence against women, children and senior citizens. Number 11, beautiful cities and regions as artistic expressions. And number 12, reduction of pollution for a better and more wholesome environment. I, I love that. Like when we wonder, well, what does it mean to participate? Some of these indicators are ways that we can be involved and serve our city. And I love what Jeremiah says, when it prospers, you too will prosper, right? When you contribute to safety, you're in a safer environment. When you contribute to flourishing, you're in a flourishing environment. When you share with your neighbors, you develop an economy or a community of sharing. You know why? Because it's the soil that you're sowing, right? When you develop soil, you, you live in that soil. Whatever soil you develop, that's what you live in. Whatever city we develop, that's what we live in. I was at, passed by the Gunter's house the other day, Sue and Terry, and they have this huge area in their backyard where they where they dug like 18 inches down and they protected um, this new garden they wanted to create from all the weeds coming up with plastic and membrane and then they threw in like amazing like earth and soil and manure and and they have like a foot and a half of awesome soil and I compare it to like the soil in my backyard where I plant my stuff 
And I realize like why mine struggles so much because I have roots around it and other stuff. And, I, and it's just like, but when I got the sense that all the stuff they planted there is going to grow in, in such a cool way because the soil's so rich and good and nurtured, it's a difference of soil, right? The soil we develop is the soil we live in. And even the scripture says, work for the peace and, and prosperity of your city. Pray for it because when it prospers, you too will prosper. When your neighborhood has, is, 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 has good welfare, in a sense, for your living, everyone wins, and you win too. I love that there was, a, I met this, uh, the owner of this pizza place in Beaconsfield. Anybody ever hear of Cugini's in Beaconsfield? It's on Elm Road. It's been around two, three years. This guy grew up in the East End. He moved out of, the, out of the city for a while, lived in New York for several years, and worked in a few pizza places in New York. So he really knows like how to make a good pizza. He comes back to Montreal now for whatever reasons, and he opens up this place called Cugini's. Cugini means cousin, by the way. And I don't know if it's because he called it cousins or family or it's somebody's last name, but that's what it means in Italian. So he started this, this, this pizza spot. Well, the flood victim, you know, this whole flood takes place, right? And everybody's hurting, and so, hundreds of families... So the owner, his name is Germano, I mean, all of a sudden, he starts offering free pizza and free pasta and delivering it like he's delivered it to Fabreville in Laval. He's delivered it all over the West Island and beyond. And, and, uh, and I thought, I gotta, I, you know, we wanted some pizza last week. I'm like, I'm going to order from this place. I'm going to give him more business, you know. So I called him and I ordered. We talked a little bit. I said, hey, how's it going? I mean, you're getting a lot of attention here. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's, it's, it's really busy. Uh, not just not because he's getting more business, but he keeps giving. And I said, that's amazing what you're doing. And this is what he said. He blew me away. I have no idea if there's any connection to faith in his life or not. That's not the point. But he says this. He says, this community has done so much for me. I grew up in the East End. I left the city for 17 years. I came back and started this brand new life here in Beaconsfield. This pizza spot's in the middle of nowhere on Elm Road. I mean, for me, it feels like no one's going to see it. But it's, it's growing. And he says, this community's done so much for me. How could I not give away pizza and give away pasta? And so a couple of nights he's had to close early because he's run out of ingredients. <laughs> and people have come and now are donating money. They're like, here, Germano, here's 20 bucks, here's 50 bucks, just whatever. And I said, he says, I'm just taking that and I'm buying more ingredients. I said, Real, I said what's the deal? He says, well, you know, as long as I have ingredients, I could bake more pizza. And that's, that, that's what, that was his deal. But the, the heart of it was, how could I not, this community has helped me get back into life, get back into business, get back into life. I want to give back. That's part of participating in the city. But there's one more piece, and we'll close with this. And it's praying for the city, because God says these words right through Jeremiah. Pray for the city. Pray to the Lord for it. What do you pray for? How many times do you sit and pray just for yourself, right? Have you ever stopped and prayed for, your, for the local schools in your area? Have you ever stopped and prayed for your municipal leaders? Have you ever stopped and prayed for the businesses in your area? Have you ever stopped and prayed for your street? Have you ever stopped and prayed for the, for, for the, the people that are involved in, in city making? Have you ever prayed for the local hospital? I mean, we complain about healthcare all the time, for sure. There's stuff like, why can't I get a doctor? What, do we, gee, the scripture says, pray for your city. All the things I mentioned are part of the peace and prosperity of our city. And God says, pray for it. Pray for it. The Apostle Paul actually says this really strongly in 1 Timothy 2.2. 2. 
And I'm going to invite uh, Steve to come up because we're going to move into a time of prayer. Listen to what Paul says. He says, I urge then that prayers be made for all people. And then he says this, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all goodness and holiness. But here's Paul's urge, part of our prayer, part of our appealing to God, part of our, our, our longing for what God does in our, in our life and in our city is pray for kings and all those in authority. Man, I struggle with that sometimes because I don't agree with everything that they do. I don't agree with everything politicians say on TV. I don't agree with all of their platforms. It doesn't matter what side they're on, you know? You look and you're like, man, pray for them, but you know, if I, if I pray for them, are they going to become like more successful in something I don't even like? But that's not the goal. The point is, when you pray for someone, whether it's Prime Minister Trudeau or Denis Cordaire or one of your municipal leaders or if you live south of the border, President Trump, if you want to, you know, so, so if you, when you pray for them, you're not saying, I endorse them. You're not signing their next platform ticket. You're not saying, I align myself with their policies. No, you're lifting them up in prayer because for whatever reasons, they have this platform of influence. And the scripture says, pray for them. Pray for wisdom and integrity and energy and, st- and strategy and love and kindness. It's because God has a vision for the city and we can participate and we can pray in it. I invite us uh, in this next few moments here to really just pray for our city. Just the next 10 minutes or so. And um, where this... When I want you to think about this because we have an opportunity as churches across the city. It's not just Westside today, but churches across the city to stand in the gap to pray for our city. You know, back in 1643, when one of the first governors of Montreal, um, Paul de Chamedy, the floodwaters were rising around the city and they were nervous because it was getting higher and higher and higher. And... Um, he was desperate. This governor of Montreal was desperate. So he prays. He's Catholic and he was praying in his way, in his form. But he said, you know, God, if you stop these waters, I will, I will honor the cross of Jesus Christ. And the waters didn't overtake the city. It caused damage, but it didn't overtake the city. And, and he, he fulfilled his promise out of gratefulness for, the Lord, for what he saw as the Lord's intervention. He puts this wooden cross on top of Mount Royal. And um, that cross stayed there for a little while, and eventually it eroded. But in the late 1800s, a society of people said there was something so vital about that cross going up on Mount Royal. And they started to sell stamps, five-cent stamps, kids and adults, and, and they raised, initially raised $10,000. And 50 years later, in 1924, they erected the metal cross that we have on our mountain today. And, you know, Montreal, Quebec is one of the most secular societies in Canada and in, in North America, for sure. And yet, we have this cross that you can see from 80 kilometers around. This reminder that we're still called to pray for our city. That we're still called to engage in our city. And so we're going we're gonna to take a moment here and engage in prayer for our city. Imagine if we engaged in our city through participation in prayer. Um, Jonathan is going to come and just help us lead through that. And there are several people that have been already pre-chosen to lead out in prayer. But we're going to invite you to join with that, to be praying. We're going to take time today. I mean, wouldn't it be, we, imagine we left and didn't pray for our city. 
So we're going to take this final 10 minutes and pray for our city. So Jonathan, why don't you come up? And um, there's going to be some themes that come up on the screen that will help you in prayer. And we'll just take these next few minutes and allow the Lord um, to give us space uh, to pray for Montreal. So it's not about what's happening up here in the next couple moments. It's really about what God is doing in your heart, um, what he's placing on your heart in the next couple moments. Um, Abigail, if you can put up the two scriptures from the beginning. Stand in the breach or stand in the gap. Different translations had it communicating different ways. And, you know, the love-hate relationship that we're hearing David speak about today and the floods rising, the echo in this room, God really does communicate in different ways. And I believe that he is communicating clearly to us. You know, let the floods rise today. Let the echoes of all the prayers of my people just rise today in this place. So there's a a few themes that are going to be going up on the screen here. I just want you to, to think through them or just spend some time in prayer every now and then um, we have a few people that are for specific uh, themes Um, but yeah again it's not about what's happening up here it's really about what's happening in your heart in this moment for this city Um, because there is we do live in this city where there is a lot of good but there is also a lot of evil and we need to stand in the gap We need to gain God's heart of compassion city to see breakthrough happen in many different spheres of influence. So just take some time and we're going to let the Spirit speak. Lord, we pray for our city, God. We ask that you um, bring wisdom, Lord, to the, the leaders, Lord. You know, the people who, who started this city wanted it to be a meeting place where people could uh, know about you. And um, Lord, we pray that that will be true even today, that people will come and know about you and that the leaders of this, um, these towns and these cities and everything that, like leaders like Kadar and others will allow that to, be, to happen, God. Pray for the city of Point Claire's decision on Thursday or in, the, on Ju- in June. And pray also specifically for all the churches who are looking for places to meet. God, give them favor. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this city and island of Montreal, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that your hand has always been on this place, Lord, from its inception from the time when Demezenev came here to establish a colony to the glory of God and for the salvation of the First Nations people. I think, Lord, as was mentioned today of the uh, the flooding and how you spared the small colony of Ville-Marie and how they put up that cross in thanksgiving to you. I think, Lord, of Brother Andre and how you worked healings and miracles through him. I think, Lord, of the many churches that were planted here I think of Expo 67 when millions of visitors came through and heard the gospel through the uh, pavilions there, Lord. 
and Father, your hand has been on this city from, from the beginning. And we just ask, Lord, that you would continue to favor Montreal, Father. We ask, Lord, that you would open the doors for the preaching of the gospel. We pray, Lord, for your um, anointing and leading upon the churches. We pray for continued freedom, that we would be able to gather and worship without fear of persecution. We pray, Lord, for united vision amongst the churches to honor you and bless people in the name of Jesus. We pray also for the salvation of our city leaders and for wisdom for them, Lord. And we thank you for what a multicultural city this has become. We pray, Father, as newcomers, uh, immigrants, and tourists come here, Lord, that they would feel welcomed and that they would uh, know the love of God as we extend a hand of friendship to them. We pray for the many international students that come to our universities, that they would hear the gospel and be saved and be sent out as ambassadors to the countries that they are from. We pray also, Father, for um, families here in Montreal, Father, especially those that are in crisis. We pray for reconciliation in marriages and families. We pray for deliverance from addictions to drugs, to alcohol, to technology, to uh, pornography. We pray, Lord, for healing and uh, restoration amongst those who have been touched by abuse or domestic violence. We pray, Father, that you would, um, for provision and protection for the disadvantaged in our city, Lord, for the homeless and the poor, for the widows, for those suffering from mental illness. We pray also, Father, that you would give vision and purpose to our young people, O oh God. And Lord, we, um, we thank you, Lord, for the many different nations that have come here, and we just pray for a spirit of uh, understanding and respect amongst the different races and languages and people groups here, Lord. We pray for the flooding victims, God, that um, you would show your comfort and your faithfulness to them, and that the church would be the hands and feet of Jesus as they reach out to them. And Father, we ask that you forgive us, Lord, for our pride, for our independence, for our um, lack of compassion, for our apathy, O oh God. Lord, we just ask that you'd cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, we need you, Father. We come to you, Lord, asking that you would revive your people once again, Lord. We can do nothing apart from you, Father. And so we ask for your filling, Lord, and for your power. And Father, we ask that you'd make us faithful witnesses to the gospel of grace in this city. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us a beautiful city to live in. I want to pray especially for the youth of Montreal and their salvation. Today, our generation is so influenced by so many distractions that it's hard to see your plan for them. I want to pray that God can work through the Christian youth to make an impact on this city to serve in any way they can, whether at school, church, 
in their family and their community. I pray that they can dwell on 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Lord, I just lift this city to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, I want to lift up the local church uh, to you. Uh, the people here that call themselves followers who are uh, desperately living their lives for you every day. Uh, as we think of this city, that, um, that we would be people who are so full of love that, um, that our witness to the rest of the people in this city would be so incredible that people would just flock to you. That they would see your love in us. That they would um, see our demonstration of your ultimate sacrifice in the way we live our lives. Holy Spirit, would you work in each of us, Lord, as we live each day, just the everyday things that we might do, that we would be open to um, hearing your voice, the prompts um, to go and talk to that person, to um, invite them out to a church program, whatever it might be, Lord, that we would be open to hearing your voice. And, um, I think of just as, just, as Jesus um, wept over the city of Jerusalem and um, that we would also weep over our city for the lost, for the broken. And that that, that passion would um, just push us um, to be missional in every sense of that word and your love, Lord, and, um, as the Holy Spirit guides us on. And I thank you, Lord, so much for everything that you are already doing at work um, in the local church, in the lives of our, um, our brothers and sisters across Montreal. Um, Lord, would you continue to do that? Continue to lead and guide us, Holy Spirit. Father, we, we know that there is an enduring city that we can look to that is beyond the scope of our understanding, but we respond with faith in your life and your death and your resurrection, God. We place our hope in that. We place our hope in you. And may the proclamation of your story break through many spheres of influence in our city. God, in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, may you just empower us, give us a, a new desire, a renewed desire, a new hunger and thirst for righteousness. God, we love this city like you love this city. Give us that heart. Why don't, we, why don't we stand as we close with praise today as we know that our God is faithful and that he hears our prayers. God, we know you're at work in this city and we say yes. to these prayers rising. Let the floods rise. Let the echoes of our prayers rise from coast to coast in the region this morning. We know that there are many youth praising your name at Paradox this morning and we just pray that you would impress on their hearts to follow you to answer the call of discipleship and mission 
for all the other churches who are lifting up your name, who are praying and hoping for that enduring city. God, may you help us, give us a greater vision and a greater sensitivity to the work of your spirit that would help us realize how that enduring city is unraveling in our lives. The power of your resurrection, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God, for this awesome opportunity to pray and appeal on our behalf of our city. Thank you that we can come to you, lean on you, and declare that there is no one like you, and that you can do immeasurably more, measurably more than we can ask or imagine according to your power at work within us. God, I pray that for each of us individually, in our homes, in our families, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, in our networks and workplaces this week, and all across the city, God. We believe that in Jesus' name. Amen.